I was born on the 17th of November. Delve into a world of words with books and beyond. A podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Zi underlined three points on the context to gain There was initiative. no better wine, and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good to have you join us. When people are living longer, does it mean that they should work longer and retire later too? Looking at global statistics, it might not be so much of a choice in the future. We take a look at the looming issue of delayed retirement in China and across the world. And in Roundtable's heart-to-heart segment, we turn it over to you. Your questions. Our discussion about this or that bewildering topic in life, business, social issues, anything worth a discussion, and a sweep on the internet doesn't suffice. So please send your audio question or email over to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. For today's program, I'm joined by Huang Shen and Ding Hung in the studio. First on today's show. When it comes to retirement, the barrier for entry is only getting higher. Governments around the world want to raise the retirement age, and a fair number of citizens are saying, not so fast. In China, as people's life expectancy rises and the elderly demographic balloons, the country's longstanding retirement age may not suit the current societal and economic conditions. Delayed retirement age has been a contested topic around the world. In recent years, so guys, could you walk us through the recent history and the main discussions over the topic of delayed retirement in this country? According to an article posted by the official WeChat account of Sudden Weekly, delayed or postponed retirement was first proposed and attracted wide public attention back in 2012. Departments, including the Ministry of Human Resources and Social Security, put forward studying the policy of progressive delay of pension age in June that year, in 2012, and. Eight years later, delayed retirement triggered heated discussion again. In November 2020, Xinhua News Agency published proposals by the CPC Central Committee for formulating the 14th five-year plan from 2021 to 2025 for national economic and social development and the long-range objectives through the year 2035. And one of all the issues that have received the most attention is raising the retirement age. 
according to another 2021 CGTN report, the 14th five-year plan, which is China's national development blueprint for the year from 2021 to 2025, reveals China will gradually raise the、uh, retirement age, one of the world's lowest.、Um, I think for many people, they might be familiar with the.、Uh, One of the stories in earlier February, earlier this year, there was a screenshot showed that a report of a research institution said the progressive delay plan of retirement age may be published in 2023. Very soon after the release of that screenshot, I think the topic has gained. Heated debate and even made into most heatedly discussed topic list on Weibo, which is China's microblog. However, when reporters tried to contact the customer service staff of the research institution, the institution said there was no such a report on the official website of the company. And the human resource and social security departments in many places replied that they had not received an official document or notice yet. Yeah. So my impression is that this particular、uh, topic regarding postponing postponing retirement it's it's basically relevant to everybody, right?、Uh, maybe to to my parents who have already retired, it's not so relevant. But to to most of us, to me and to maybe like、uh, my mother-in-law who is set to retire over the course of this year,、oh. maybe this is a relevant. Issue and highly relevant, so everybody pays attention to this, and this is really a global phenomenon, right? Yes.、Uh, we we talk about we discuss this kind of、uh, news topics in in America, in some particular European countries, and here I think in the case of China, basically an aging an aging society is something that we find it very difficult to deny, right? Because according to the Standard that was set up at the World Assembly on Aging Vienna back in the year 1982. A nation or a particular region has entered the aging stage after its people over the over 60 years old take up over 10% of its total population. And here in China, I think in recent years, the aging population or the aging problem is becoming more and more. Apparent, creating many problems still to be, still waiting to be resolved. Because according to the,、uh, to the National Bureau of Statistics, basically China's official data,、uh, <clears throat> basically from the seventh national population census on、uh, back in back in May 2021. Um, yeah, it's、um, the number of Chinese people aged 60 and above reached 200 more than 264 million in 2020. That's 18.7 percent of the entire population of this country, and compared to 2010, that's up by more than 5.4 percentage points. So.、Mm. That's something we have to embrace, right? And around the world, a looming problem is making workers nervous and sometimes angry. And people in many countries are living longer. And at some point, governments will run out of money to pay their retirement benefits, and that is the worry here. And one solution. Or a key solution that a lot of、uh, politicians around the world are pushing is raising the retirement age for workers, which is about 
as popular as it sounds, and that's understandable. And if you look at China, then for more than four decades, we've held the same retirement age, and that is 60 years old for all men. And depends on the nature of the job. If it is,、um, let's say. Uh, manual labor work for women, then the retirement age is fifty. And then, if it is office job for a woman, then the retirement age is usually fifty-five. But according to individuals' situations, sometimes it could be postponed a bit. But、um, usually, in general, that is the rule. And then that is.、Um, Opening a real discussion for people. Let's say if there are、uh, some real reasons to, we're talking about the possible change to that long-standing arrangement. And aside from the aging of our society, what are some of the other real reasons that's driving this discussion of a change? I think most of the countries around the world are battling the same dilemma because we are seeing、uh, the life expectancy rose. What more is that the governments they started to encourage people to stay longer、uh, in the workforce, and for many countries who which have stepped into the aging society, I think you know it's the easy and the most straightforward solution to. Problems stemming from an aging society and a growing workforce, because you want to support the pensioners. However, where the money is coming from,、uh, very likely you should encourage more people to join the workforce.、Uh, if you are facing a shrinking active workforce. To pay the pensions of a growing number of retirees, then maybe the retirement age scheme should be reformed or should be changed in a manner to keep up with the change of the structure of the society, especially from the demographic portrait. When you are seeing an aging society together with a shrinking workforce, then maybe. One of the solutions people would like to the governments or the policymakers or economists would turn to would be to propose a, a longer, you know,、uh, employee employment period of time. So I think we are seeing countries around the world are pushing back their planned retirement dates,、uh, but it's still up to each employees to decide whether they want to retire early. Or later in life, so many people are suggesting if it is in a voluntary manner that is more acceptable, and if you can reschedule the planned retirement dates in a gradual manner, maybe it will be more acceptable、uh, with regard to people's acceptance. So、mm-hmm. it's a very hard process because, of course, let's face it, most of the people still want to retire early. I mean, not really early, but like in a time. That、mm-hmm. they can see, they can enjoy their retirement. So if you are telling people, okay, we are postponing your retirement age, well, the first reaction is that many, well, overworked employees will think, is it a real good idea? And what about my pensions? I want to retire in a very nice way, while I can collect my pensions to enjoy my life. That's what I deserve because I've been working really hard for decades. So I can understand why. Any country, you know, when this country is announcing a change in this program, 
well, the first reaction received from uh, employees will be they're not in favor of this change. Mm, indeed, indeed. Um, and uh, in a bigger picture, I think uh, the, this increase the life expectancy is really something mm -hmm. because it is very a very important issue we need to think about. I, I think here in the case of the city we are living in, uh, namely Beijing, I think according to a 2020 uh, Xinhua News report, uh, basically a a, uh, a a joint report released by the Office of the Beijing Municipal Committee on Aging and the Beijing Association on Aging basically revealed that the average life expectancy of Beijing's um, officially registered permanent residents reached 80 more than 82 years back in in the year nine back in the year 2019 mm -hmm. that's pretty high and on a national level i think uh, the average life expectancy of china is also approaching 80 years old and really like you suggested earlier he young like uh, china's um retirement current retirement age or threshold was really set in the 1950s based on the situation back then we need to keep in mind that back then the basically china's popul chinese population's average life expectancy was only about 40 years old so yeah that's something we need to consider because mm -hmm. really for example most people in my in my, in the, in uh in in my parents generation uh they born those born in the 1960s they started working after graduating from high school right and if they retire or have retired at the age of 60 and are expected to live up to 80 they would have uh, worked for about like um 40 years and then receive a pension for about 20 years roughly but uh, in my generation like those born in the 1980s 90s uh, we tend tended to enter the workforce workforce later because right. of a pursuit of higher education mm -hmm. right so if we we are to retire at the age of 60 or 55 for uh, for female co-workers then it's like uh, working for 30 years or 35 years and then receive pension for a much longer period period of time because of the longer life expectancy so a lot of math to be made you yeah. know <laughs> a, a lot of calculations and also uh, our society has changed a lot and the demographic layout has changed a lot in and it is in the midst of change right now and so many social policies our social perceptions towards a lot of stuff is changing accordingly as well and I find it to be really interesting. One thing that is a little bit of the soft side of things, and I wonder if you share this observation, that is for our parents' generation or maybe grandparents' generation. Okay, this is definitely a generalization, so take it with a grain of salt in that sense, okay? Um, sometimes even when they reach retirement age, not all, but some of them, they tend to feel like, I need another purpose in life, or I want to continue working, or I want to work because that makes me feel useful. That makes me feel like um, I am contributing yeah. either to the family or to self-worth self or to society. So therefore, there is this close, interwined 
connection between one's identity and work. And we might have discussed on the show before that if you do that too much, or this is the sole connection that you find useful for oneself, then it could be toxic. It could fuel to other issues. But um, a lot of older folks, they like to work in that sense. If they can, they'll continue to do that if they find their work to be rewarding and it pays all right or whatnot. And then for the younger generation, actually, we've seen these new movements. Remember, we talked about the movement of FIRE, that is uh, being financially independent and retire early. But these young people, when they say they retire early, they're not necessarily um it's not like they hit the jackpot or they're an investment banker and they've earned a killing in the short career span that they've taken up. It's more like, oh, I'll save up, be really frugal with my lifestyle, and therefore it can last a bit longer. And then therefore, at least I so-called retire early. And then there isn't necessarily that strong inclination of, oh, I need to continue to work because that makes me feel useful. Um, with the younger generation, I'm sure some people don't agree with this assessment, but there are others who sort of um, hold this more diverse view on work and life. And and then when we talk about retirement and then for the younger generation, I think people have different ideas about that, too, because some people are looking at the numbers very realistically. I am waving the piece of paper in front of me with a lot of numbers on it. And then they're saying that. And also, this is not just a Chinese thing. I've spoken to plenty of millennial friends in the U.S., and then some of them say, hey, I am expecting to work till I drop because with the pig through the python, that is, you know, the boomer generation that is retiring and not so many uh, of the younger workforce being able to sustain that big pot of um pension funds and when the young people today retire they're not they're not looking at a very promising future of even collecting enough pension benefits to sustain a comfortable retirement life so this is this is a complicated issue with a lot of change in perception and possible change in policy that needs to address these differences in people's minds. And I'm wondering if you guys have any comments on that, as well as even if, let's say, retirement is delayed, there are already a whole bunch of obstacles on the horizon. And what are these hindrances that we're looking at? It, well, some Already, people are talking about social um, security system issues, difficulty for people to be employed, stay employed as such. So what are your thoughts? I think one thing is that uh, do we have enough support system for elderly people who want to be engaged in the workforce, even though it's beyond the retirement age? I think when we focus on the age cohort uh, of elderly people who still want to work after the retirement age, I think this age group can be divided into two categories. By saying that, I mean some 
elderly people, they are in very good physical conditions, and many of them they can still engage in various type of social work, especially the elderly with knowledge, expertise, and skills. So for them, they are experts or elites in some fields, and they can play a great social role in their work.、Um, I think in Recent years, many cities have begun to explore the very flexible employment methods for some elderly people. I know reemployment is a very popular choice among elderly who are over or who are beyond the retirement age. I think usually they are doctors, teachers, or professors. So for them, the older they are, they have more experience and they have more、uh, skills compared to、uh, some of the younger. Expertise experts in this field, so their very their knowledge and their experience are very valuable. That's the reason why it's very easy for them to be reemployed. And the other category of elderly people who are still very active in finding a job could be those are facing some financial difficulties because they have to work. If your pension cannot cover your daily expenses or Cannot like support your family, then you have no choice. You have to work. So these are in general. I mean, there are more complications for sure. But by my observation, maybe these are two、mm-hmm. most popular categories of people who still want to,、um, you know, continue their、uh, work experience after reaching the retirement age. So if people have to work, I mean, if it's not in a voluntary manner, then. We do need to have a very comprehensive and systematic support mechanism there to support their safety, their security.、Um, so, if the, this will be the trend in the near future, then laws, regulations, as well as the insurance,、um, you know, package should be improved and should be changed. I mean,、mm. in order to protect the rights of. This age group, so I think this one of the obstacles I can foresee that is like, what about their,、um, you know, insurance? Because when people are older, yeah, we are seeing、um, the longer life expectancy. People are enjoying better physical conditions. However, you have to meet that when people are getting older, there might be more medical illnesses showed up. So when it's in the place, and how you can better protect the comprehensive health. Of your employees, so insurance and some like packages will be needed in the near future.、Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I think when we talk about, for example, regarding this idea of、uh, reemployment, this idea that Huang Shen、uh, Huang Shan、uh, suggested earlier, I think、um, currently there, my my perception is there is still a lack of、um, you know channels available for this kind of opportunities. Um, like um,、uh, I'll give a, a personal example. For example, in the case of, of my mother,、uh, she has retired, and now she is currently、uh, working for a private,、uh, privately owned company.、Mm-hmm. Um, like、uh, for her,、um, seeking this kind of opportunity is. Is not that difficult because before she retired, she had she had a decent white collar job. So. Uh, she has a probably some kind of reputation within that particular industry, but、uh, for some less skilled、uh, people or people with less means, probably seeking this kind of、uh, reemployment opportunities、uh, is very limited.、Uh, limited opportunities. So this is one thing that policymakers need to need to think about and to. 
maybe create a kind of mechanism to broaden those kind of channels to if they want to someday they feel like、uh, encouraging、uh, people who have already who have already retired、mm-hmm. to seek reemployment is a necessity. That's something they need to do, right? Right. <laughs> well, if and this is. Most likely, because we just live in a aging society, and then the workforce is going to look quite different in the future, or even in the near future. If we take some、um, examples or just observations from our neighbor Japan, which is known for the longevity of its citizens,、um, I, I read this report. In Zhongguo Xinwen Zhoukan, so、uh, the news weekly magazine here in China,、um, there was this piece that carried talking about,、um, like, for、mm-hmm. when you've got an older workforce and it's visible, obviously, and its effect on the so-called younger people who join.、Um, The the workforce, for example, in the last twenty years or so in Japan, those who hold like the middle management positions,、uh, their average age has gone up by like twenty percent. In the sense that if you're a thirty year old working in Japan in this big company.、Um, In the past, you would have progressed to middle level management when you're, let's say, 35. But now, the vast majority of young people in that economy, you will not have the opportunity to progress to that level. You would still be one of the working bees at the bottom level because, well, older folks they are holding the more coveted, well-paid jobs simply because the whole economy is older, is grayer in that sense, and. Then you know the effect it has on people of how much harder should I put in this or what do I see as my future as such it will be very different and also in the U S we've seen、uh, since the pandemic there has been this、uh, exodus of older workers so early retirement a lot of the times it's because that maybe they've collected their COVID checks and、um, and they feel comfortable in retiring early but then you have a shrinking workforce. And what does that mean for the economy? Usually, that's not good news. So there's a lot to talk about of delayed retirement age, and so far we see that incremental changes is likely to happen. And we will be back after this break with Roundtable's Heart to Heart. Ddi, a podcast of CGTN Radio. We go beyond headlines with reporters from around the world. Search for Deep Dive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Take a deep dive into the news every week. Hear our conversations. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Yang. I'm joined by Huang Shen and Ding Hong in the studio. Coming up, we've compiled a list of emails from our listeners, and we'll respond in our heart-to-heart segment. So please, also to participate, you know, you can send your voice memo or email to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com.、Um, every, well, every once now and then, and when we have the opportunity. 
we'd love to have this heart to heart with you. So please chip in, chime in, do whatever you can. And we'd love to be in contact with you. And we zero in on a COVID uh, or more of a covert tactic known as shrinkflation. It's offering a smaller quantity at the same time or well, actually, the similar price. So when you break down the cost per unit, the newer items are actually more expensive. And young people will not stomach such sneaky practices without a fight. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. Now, let's have a moment of heart to heart. You ask. We answer. Heart to heart. We've dipped into the roundtable mailbag and found these emails we'd like to share with you and, of course, respond. So I'm going to read back to back two emails from the U.S. first. This one is from Cilio Satino. Hi from Florida, USA. Heard your pro program the first time today on SW Band, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The program was really good. Thank you, and keep up with the good work. And Safar Afridi wrote, please, a piece on you all. First, I hope that all people would be graced by God. Then I would say that the world needs peace, stability, and prosperity. And to achieve that, the U.S. and China friendly relations are key. I hope that these two economic and technological giants will solve their problems and differences they have. We look forward to a good and prosperous future. Thank you so much for the program. Well, thank you so much for writing in to us. And and it was really nice to see these uh, friendly emails from our listeners. Um, do you guys have a quick response to our listeners? Yeah, it's always good to hear opinions and voices from people all over the world. And I think communication and cooperation are very important because everyone wants to have a peaceful development because that is very important. And I think by people to people exchange, this is the best way to exchange ideas and we can understand each other in a better way. So, well, it's amazing to hear um, listeners feedbacks from other parts of the world. And sometimes if they can join our discussion by sending emails or voice memos, that will be a great channel to uh, formulate that effective communication, I think, is a great way to see we are exchanging ideas. So if you would like to have a more straightforward response, why not send us a voice memo. Yes. I think that will be more, you know, <laughs> expressive because sometimes mm -hmm. words don't translate that well. But with a voice memo, you can use your tones and about your voice to interpret your message in a better way. So why not? I mean, we're looking forward to your voice memos. Yeah. So to me, it's um, pretty uh, surprising and uh, actually heartwarming, actually. More heartwarming than surprising to to know that uh, some Florida friends, Florida-based friends, are listening to Roundtable. We're listening to CDTM Radio uh, as a whole platform. And uh, to Mr. Safa Afaredi, 
um, yeah, I think um, hopefully our platform can become a good platform to promote mutual understanding between Chinese and American people.、Mm. I I think really I think、uh, those political elites in Washington D.C. should listen to people voices like this,、mm. like.、Um, Between China and America, there is just more than just a confrontation or harsh rhetoric, hardline policies. Really, you you should listen to the voices from both sides of the country, and yeah, particularly、mm. these、uh, friendly voices.、Um, yeah, I think when it comes to the people to people level, what do what do folks want? Peace and prosperity, opportunities, security, and. Friendship, and I think that's a big part of human nature, and it's just really great to have a place to remind people of that, despite sort of just cutting through the noise, so to speak. And、yeah. we also have an email from a listener in India.、Um, not sure if it's a he or she, but your name is Subhanshu, and. You wrote in. I'm working three days. I'm working three days a week from home. What is your opinion on work arrangements and the COVID situation? I guess the COVID situation is not really our opinion to have because it's more of a medical and public health reality.、Mm. But、uh, yeah, you're still working home three days a week. That that sounds really nice. Yeah.、Um, <laughs> I sort of I imply too much. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, nowadays. Uh, when we talk about standardized nine、uh, to nine a.m. to five p.m. this kind of、uh, daily work standardized fixed、uh, work schedule, it's more like、uh, the industrial age's、um, uh, result or the product because everybody, you know, factory workers are supposed to work in factories in those assembly lines, right? They need to be there. But now in the Digital、uh, or information-based age, more service-oriented economy. We really need to encourage more flexible working models. Working from home means、uh, doesn't necessarily mean you are contributing less to your workplace, right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think、uh, earlier in our show we talk about the experiment results of. The four-day work week in the United Kingdom. I think people have show、uh, different opinions on that issue. I I can understand so many people are advocating a more flexible work arrangement because I think due to、uh, the pandemic in the past three years, more people are used to that flexible schedule, and which means you may have a better work-life balance because you have more choice in choosing where you want to work, when you want to work, and what. Kind of lifestyle you are passionate for,、mm. uh, but still, I think it's very hard to get everyone on board, especially for the employers, to be on the same page. Because people have different goals, people have different purposes, and they would like to maximize the benefits of the company. Maybe from the employee's perspective, we all like a more flexible. And more,、uh, you know, employee-friendly arrangement of work.、Mm. But for employers, they would like to see the maximization of productivity or creativity or just the pure figures. I mean, the benefits a company can achieve.、Right. So we're in different、uh, situations, and also people are from thinking the same issue from different perspectives. That's the reason why we. Prefer right a more diverse like arrangement of work, but still I think your work schedule sounds very.
very amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a different work schedule. We're here every day. Um, well, yeah, sure. Not, not going to say anything more about that. Well, you just have to be in the radio station to do the show, right? There is just not. Well, mm. if, especially if it's a live show, then. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just giving away too much. Sorry. I'm just looking at my situation a bit too long. Not going to linger on that too much longer. But I also like to highlight that maybe because these days I just practice gratitude in life. And I think that is a good way to look at life. It makes you feel happier. Anyhow, so sub Han Shu, um, maybe consider yourself lucky as well, because there are a lot of jobs out there which do not um, allow um, working from home or working remotely. And um depends on the nature of the job and a lot of the manual labor jobs require the person to be on premise to 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 do that so um yeah um i i tend to think it's a little bit like a privilege if you get to work from afar if that's being allowed and also i read this um report carried by the u.s uh, public media marketplace um it found this really interesting study that um, reflect the current situation. Apparently in Europe and in Asia, more workers are now back into the office. But in North America and some of the other places, um, there's more of this flexibility of working from home and sort of the COVID work arrangement has persisted till post-COVID days. So it's interesting also to look at in different markets, different mm -hmm. economies, the situation is different. And that's all we're going to say about that uh, email. And let's move on to the next one. This is uh, Liang Ju Fan, who's been listening to your podcast for a long time. Thank you for your great effort in getting us so many great episodes. And where can I get the episodes on an Android cell phone? Okay, let me get this clear. Um, we have Apple Podcast, which is obviously for the iOS um, devices. And also, you can listen to our show, our podcast, on all devices from the Yunting app. So that's where you can find us. And also, there is this, uh, this channel, the English channel, which is on the main banner on the front page of that interface of the Yunting app. So it should be less trouble to find us now than before. Uh, thank you so much, Liang Jufan, for um, writing in to us. We appreciate it. And now let's move on to Qiao Yun Wu's email. I'm a new listener to Roundtable. My colleagues have been talking about delayed retirement in the office. I would love to hear your discussion on it. And Chow Yun, guess what? We live to serve. <laughs> yeah, so I hope you enjoy today's discussion on Roundtable. And Man Yang Yang wrote to us, um, you want to hear us talk about one particular topic discussion and it is noted. We will feature that topic, which I am not going to give away today, uh, in a f upcoming show. So please stay tuned. And thank you, Man Ying Yang, for your your super sweet email. And I'd like to say a ginormous thank you to very good 27 WDY men, Bella and Shore, Tawa, Pei Pei Han, Jesse Loves Coffee, 
on Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for your encouraging words. And Pepe loves Huangshan.、Oh, wow. Yes, and、uh, and she wrote these beautiful words about how much she enjoys Huangshan's hosting. And I would second what Pepe you say because I think Huangshan is truly amazing. What a great personality and such a hardworking, good person you want to be close to her. So I can go on, but I will not because we. <laughs> <laughs> But yes,、um, it's great that you guys write in, and、um, sometimes it feels like in real time, and share with us what your views are and your comments on the show. We like that very much, and very good. I'm very glad that we keep you company when you do your makeup every morning. So <laughs> it's so、um, so great to know that you feature us in your. Everyday life, and、um, that's such a privilege for us. So, thank you very much to all of you who've、uh, written to us via email, or send us some voice message, or leaving a comment on the podcast of your choice. So,、um, we're very grateful for that. And if you like what you hear, please send us your voice memo or email question to ezfmroundtable at foxmail dot com and be part of the show. Coming up next. A note to sneaky vendors and manufacturers: Don't mess with young consumers. They'll speak out, and it will be all over the internet. Stick around and find out more on that. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of roundtable with myself, Hu Yang, and I have Huang Shen and Ding Hong in the studio for this discussion. You're not imagining it. Some of the items you buy all the time are getting smaller, yet somehow you are still coughing up the same price you always do. It's a phenomenon known as shrinkflation. Maybe your paper towels have fewer sheets. Perhaps your candy bar, your candy bar just got smaller, or maybe your iced latte has more ice cubes in. It now, but the prices haven't gone down. Consumers are noticing it. Young people are apparently more active in speaking out on social media and seeking justice. They will do what they can to get their money's worth. So, what are the latest examples in the field? Yeah, one of the examples is about your coffee, your cup of coffee. So some university students they found out that uh, uh, coffee only has half a cup left after removing the ice cubes.、Uh, to be honest, I think this is very common because I'm a lover of americano. So based on <laughs> which season you were in, so sometimes you will order the hot americano. Sometimes you would like to go for a cup of iced americano. Then I realize,、uh, some people may think if I ask the staff to remove the ice cubes,、uh, I can get. A larger bottle of americano, but the reality is that they may just use water, the purified water, to replace your ice cubes. So very likely, you think, "Oh, I'm getting a larger amount of americano." The reality is that、um, you, all you have is 
maybe one shot or two shots of espresso, and then you will have like ice cubes or just the purified water. But in this case, in one particular domestic coffee brand, some college students they found out that,、uh, or they're also claimed to be part-time workers at this coffee shop. They said that their shop usually add milk or coconut milk、mm. to fill up the cup after removing the ice cubes. So maybe in this case. It's good to be vocal, cause like、uh, instead of having a cup of a americano or latte, in, instead of having a cup of latte filled、mm. with ice cubes, then you can have a more a richer a cup of latte with coconut <laughs> milk or milk.、Mm. Yeah, we're talking to the coffee connoisseur on the show. Yeah, yeah she yeah. knows her stuff. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. So for me, um, two two particular interesting example or two particular example, I find them to be very interesting is、uh-huh. that one is about this missing plastic bag. Basically, <laughs> we're talking about a group of、uh, college students who are pretty serious about protecting their rights. Like, so they ordered some garbage bags. Um, and dozens of, and open them to count the number one by one, and the result is that there were only forty bags inside the package. While according to the description by the shop or by this online retailer, there should be one hundred bags. So、oh, big difference. Not yeah. good.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another case involves concerns a girl from. Uh, the city of Taizhou in eastern China's Zhejiang province. She ordered a box of cotton buds online. When she received the package, she counted the number of the cotton buds with counting app, and found that 88 out of 500 cotton buds were missing. Well, so <laughs> amazing! <laughs> It's、uh, a lie. Yeah, when when consumers gets when consumers decided to 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 get serious about their Consumer rights,、uh, they can generate a lot of power. That's something I, I, I. <laughs> yeah, that's something we would advocate for. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so interesting when you actually do the counting, and then there's big gap between what's written on the tin and what you actually count, and that's not a great feeling. And also, there's a visible、um, example of why. Does my malatong look less than what I think I deserve? What I paid for?、Um, do you agree with this one? <laughs> yeah, I think this is very interesting because sometimes it's very hard to tell just by looking at a bowl of malatong. Because、mm. uh, for people who are not familiar with this type of Food. It is just like、uh, the vegetables or meat or any proteins you choose from the collection, and then you will boil them with the Either spicy or、uh, the pure broth, and to make it more flavorful.、Uh, so in some places they will add、uh, sesame paste、uh, to mix it with it, and chili powder or something like、uh, the additives, like to make it more、uh, delicious. But some people may just prefer a very simple version of malatang. So basically, people are saying that when they realize.、Um, The weight of the container、um, has been included in the price calculation of the malatang they ordered.、Wow. They were really angry because you know sometimes how to measure the amount of the ingredients you put into a bowl. Usually, the、uh, the restaurant will give you a big bowl, and you can choose from the 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 
the selection columns, and you can put whatever into that big container.、Mm. So, how would you do the price calculation? So, is the container itself? I mean, the plastic or iron balls weight has been calculated into the price. People are <laughs> arguing for that.、Uh, yeah. So, in order to understand how much more. Prices they paid for a bowl of malatang. Some people even bring、um, their own scale into the、Whoa. shop and do their own calculation.、Oh. So I feel like, they, yeah, they're very dedicated、mm. into this calculation or in the consumer rights protection. So I think that's very interesting. Like, would be that? Well, I mean. Serious, like when it comes to the small price to pay. But for many people, we have been, we have taken it for granted. But for some people, they think it's a very serious matter. <laughs> yes,、yeah. indeed. Yeah, I think in the case of、uh, Malatang, uh, yeah, the the weight of containers matters a lot to the overall weight of your product, right?、Mm-hmm. Things things you're supposed to pay to the merchants. So. Um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely that, and、yeah. some people would call this type of phenomenon shrinkflation.、Um, depends on how you look at it, and also there's another term called skimpflation, and I found this、um, in、uh, an American report, and、um, basically skimp. Inflation is when a manufacturer reformulates a product using cheaper ingredients or less of the good ingredients. And there's this example of Smart Balance. It's a premium butter spread in the U.S. and it costs about five bucks for a 15 ounce container. And the original version had 64 percent oil. And they inconspicuously changed that little sixty-four percent number that appears on the bottom left-hand corner of the front panel of their product, and made it thirty-nine percent oil. Well, consumers noticed, and actually, as of earlier this year, there were over twenty-two thousand. One-star reviews for this particular premium spread on the website. So, in a way, I think consumers here and in the U.S. share one similarity. That is, when they're not happy, they take it to the internet. And and no company can bear the brunt of so many one-star reviews. You know. <laughs> so,、mm. what about in、uh, China when there are these? Um, summaries of sort of the pitfalls people are、uh, trying to avoid, and how are they defending their consumer rights? I would say nowadays、uh, we have more platforms to voice. Our opinions. So one thing for sure is that、uh, for the young people, they are the digital natives. For many of them, so they will find a right platform to share their users' experience and to avoid like that kind of、um, harm to consumer rights、uh, and. And encourage more people to be vocal or to speak for their consumers' rights. So I think this is a great opportunity, like to supervise. I mean, the ethical practitioner operation of these brands. So we have a channel to voice our opinions. That's very important. And also, I think on social media, this has been. They has this has become a business opportunity as well because some content creators they use this as their、uh, inspiration of content creation. So some 
KOLs or key con- or the influencers or the key opinion consumers, they will just do videos and they're the same, which is they will explore all the restaurants or、uh, trying to check the quality of some brands and to see if they are. Harming、uh, consumers' rights, or they're trying to pretend、uh, to give more, but actually they are containing less products or less items of the product into one package. So people are very creative nowadays, and、uh, I think the goal is good, but it can be also used for other purposes, such like such like if you would like to sabotage another brand, you may hire some people to say bad things about this brand. But usually, I think people are very fair and they're. Telling the truth, so it will also be served as a supervisor for the quality of such products. I think it's pretty good.、Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think nowadays with the the so-called technological advancement, today's young people indeed enjoy more available channels or platforms to vent their anger or grievances、mm-hmm. against、uh, some particular, let's say, greedy merchants, right? <laughs> so, but at the same time, there seems to be, you know, the the data available. I guess. Gathered seems to suggest that there is generally still a lack of relevant professional knowledge on on the part of many young people because they may not be aware of their rights or the legal system in general, which can make it difficult for them to advocate for themselves. Because、mm-hmm. according to a survey. Released by Tencent back in 2020, less than 30% of the post 95s or the post 2000s, basically the the, the Gen Z, right,、uh, would、mm. choose to defend their rights when encountering infringement problems. 31% of them don't know where to defend their rights at all, and、uh, more than 38% of them think that complaints are a process without response. So. Uh, still, uh, there is a lot of room, plenty of room for future improvement. <laughs> yes, I guess so. And having that awareness, and also putting your foot down in a way, because when you're trying to communicate to、uh, a vendor or a company, or especially when you're putting through a complaint and you want to see change happen. I think a lot of the times people kind of know it's not going to be an easy ride. So there, there is that emotional or time cost that incurs, and、um, but it does take people to make that voice heard for change to happen. So it's also like if you're not willing to put in the time and effort, then this might not change. But also on social media these days.、Um, When you see the so-called expose video, then I sometimes wonder. Oh, maybe the PR department hasn't come to sort of put a wet blanket on the fire just yet, and and that's just bad PR. And instead of oh, this is a real problem that、um, that, that that happened. So I think the dynamic on social media when it comes to PR of companies as such has changed a little bit too in recent years. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Huang Shen and Ding Hong, for joining the discussion. I'm He Yang. We'll see you next time.